You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Jenna Sargent, news editor of SD Times. Hi, everyone. In this week's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Steve Reinhardt, who is the VP of product at QCI, which stands for Quantum Computing Inc. So he's quite knowledgeable in the field of quantum computing. We got to talk about the current state of quantum computing, and he shared some insights into the role software plays in quantum. So without any further delay, here's my conversation with Steve. I guess to start off with, since you do have a, a long background in quantum, can you share like where we are currently in terms of like progress in that field? So, it, it, yeah, it, it's a great question. I mean, it's really hard to know. Um, I mean, th- there are people who are saying, oh, well, quantum computers will be great in 10 years or 12 years or something. And there are other people who are saying, wow, it's right around the corner. It's, you know, next year. It's, uh, so it's, I, I think it's really hard to know. Um, I There has been tremendous development uh, uh, in the last, so I, I joined D-Wave in uh, 2016, so coming up on six years ago. I do my sums right there, um, and um, it, you know it's just it's just night and day difference. So there's been incredible progress, um, you know, and, and I think one of the advantages is um, compared with the 1940s or the 1950s when when classical computers were uh, were first arising. You know, I mean, you know, in in the 1950s, say, there wasn't really computer science. Uh, you know, people had never done this before, and so, um, you know, there's just a ton that everybody had to learn. And now, you know, we have whatever it is, you know, uh, 70 years of um, learning about well, how did how did um, you know, how, how did we build compilers? How did we decide to build instruction sets? Um, how did we build abstraction layers? Um, how did we deal with parallelism? Just, you know, a, a huge amount of really fundamental uh, things have, we know a ton. And so it, it's um, it, it, it's hard to kind of um, sort through, okay, well, what can we use from this era? What can we use from that era? That kind of thing. So I, I think we have made uh, I mean, the fact that we have that 70 years with classical computing is is enabling us to go a lot faster in many ways than, than we were able to with classical computers. Um, and at the same time, classical computers are really good. Um, and so, uh, you know, we see we see routinely where um, there's uh, there's an advance, like, like the, the quantum supremacy stuff that, uh, you know, so Google put out their uh, just over two years ago, the, the, the quantum supremacy, uh, the first quantum supremacy paper. And then, you know, uh, people from IBM and elsewhere have come back and said, oh, well, actually, you know, there's, if, if you did the classical thing better, it's not, I forget what the number was, 10,000 years, it's 25 days or something like that. I don't remember the numbers exactly. And so, you know, as, as, we, um, as we on the quantum side keep pushing forward, Classical isn't standing still. I mean, and and so uh, anyway, I, it, to me, it's 
I think we're moving incredibly quickly. I think people are learning a ton about uh, what the quantum processors do, about how to use them more effectively. Um, there's all kinds of hybrids uh, experiments going on. And, and, and that, you know, to kind of think of that uh, maybe a little simplistically, um, that is enabling us to um, to, to use the quantum computers in a really narrow way. Just, just do, what do they do? The, the narrowest, tiniest thing, they do incredibly well. Let's only ask them to do that. And then everything else around that we're gonna do is, 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 quant is classical. And um, so I, I think that's a tremendous degree of freedom that, that we're really just exploring right now. And I, so I feel like, um, you know, th there are, kind of the the, um, the textbook um, estimates of when quantum computers will be will be valuable I, I think they're probably undervaluing um, the, the 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 expertise we have and, and the, the combinations we will have of classical plus quantum and um, so I, I think they're going to turn out to be somewhat pessimistic you know in in whatever it is in 20 years when we look backwards i think we'll say yeah those were reasonable estimates but they were pessimistic they just they just didn't take it into account how much ingenuity is being devoted to this problem mm, that's interesting is a lot of the um like is hardware like the main bottleneck when it comes to like um a kind of advancements in quantum computing? Uh, well, uh, you, you, as you might guess, being a software person, I, I, uh, I, I always think that we have a lot, we have a lot of things we can do better on the software side. So uh, maybe a little, a little myopic. Uh, I mean, there's so at, at one level, uh, absolutely, the, the fact that hardware is where it is, um, is going it, it, it supplies um, you know obvious limits to how much how much benefit we're going to be able to get. I mean, there's it, 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 there is a lot that software can do, but alchemy is not one of those things. Um, and so the, there's um, you know hardware is where it is, and, and it's making uh, you know dramatic. Uh, improvements um but I, I i guess so so they're they're absolutely bottlenecks on, on on the hardware side i i guess to my way of thinking um we the given the 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 size and highly specialized nature of the early qpus um the 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 effective real world use is going to be heavily dependent on hybrid algorithms and 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 hybrid at at multiple different layers um and i you know people are looking at that there's a lot of interesting work going on um but i i i just feel like we barely scratched the surface there so i um i i think there's a lot that um when we look back, we will say that um, hardware absolutely pays a 
plays a pivotal role in in the success of, of this market. Um, but I think we'll also look back and say that software um, filled some gaps that we otherwise didn't really know how to address. Um, and, and will also be a, an essential um, essential piece of enabling the hardware to have as much impact as it can have. Yeah, on the software side of things, are there like different considerations or different skill sets that are when you compare like classical computing to quantum computing in terms of like developers to, to my way of thinking yes a, a lot of what we do in classical computing is well there are a couple things number one we're all really used to the idea of determinism you know that that's with parallel computing in the last I don't know, maybe 15, well, maybe, maybe more than that. But um, leaving aside parallel computing, almost all of us got used to the idea that if you run a program 100 times in a row it, it, and it's working properly, it should give you the same answer 100 times in a row. And um, all, all quantum processors today are deterministic, uh, non-deterministic, excuse me, are probabilistic. And... So if you call it 100 times, you know, you could get 20 or 30 or 50 different answers. Um, and, and none of those are necessarily wrong. Uh, some of them may not, uh, you know, meet all the, the expectations you had for them. Um, but but they, they can be viewed as valuable, d depending on what your expectations are. And that is a that is a significant mind change. Um, and, and, you know, people on the classical side have been thinking about this for several years. There's a, uh, a, uh, a discipline known as uncertainty quantification um, that people at the labs have been looking at for e easily 10 years. Um, and I think it's, it, it's similar to this, uh, you know, probabilistic computing. Um, so I think that's that is a difference. Um, I, I think we also see. I, I, I guess I kind of think of the the, the changes we've seen, uh, the the incorporation of GPUs. So moving from that, um, like the sandbox to the incubation to graduation, is that mainly um, a measure of like adoption, like you said, or are there other factors that um, kind of progress a project through those steps? Cycles are executed on GPUs, and yet if you look at the fraction of code that runs on GPUs, it's tiny. And so, you know, application developers have have worked really hard to identify the compute intense pieces of their code and figure out how to put those onto a GPU, combine those with the GPU. Um, GPUs and CPUs, and and make that combination work, um, and um, and and I think I think that um, development over the last fifteen years is 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 going to be and uh, you know it's kind of training uh, for for us to do a similar thing with QPUs and QPUs are more different than GPUs are. Um, but that whole notion of 
I have to find a piece of my computation that I can send off to this other, you know, kind of weird processor, maybe a little bit. Um, and, and that, you know, so, so you have programming in the micro of, I, I'm, I'm just programming a, a function here, but you also have programming a level up saying, I'm combining components to do something at, at a higher level. And, and I think that is going to stand us in, in good stead with, uh, with, with quantum computers because they're very specialized, they're small, uh, and they're incredibly powerful on those, those particular problems. I would guess that for many people, quantum is still kind of this thing that seems like it's not really there yet and kind of like a future thing. Um, so like being someone that works in like the quantum space, are there any like misconceptions that you commonly hear about quantum that you'd want to kind of set right? Well, I, I, actually, actually, there is one. And that is so and this is kind of eras of, of quantum computing. So um, so the, the most, I think probably the most, uh, popular, well-known, uh, example of quantum computing is, uh, uh, Peter Shor's algorithm for, uh, integer factorization, which, you know, lots of people have heard about this as, oh, this is going to break our, say, encryption, meaning that all of our data that goes over the internet is, can be decrypted. And, you know, that, that's a big deal to, to, uh, you know, society. Um, and that, uh, and, and that absolutely is a, a real algorithm and a real uh, risk, you know, it, but, but that is not a near-term risk um, that in the sense that um, Shor's algorithm requires um, some people, sometimes you'll hear it called fault tolerance, sometimes you'll hear it called error-corrected uh, quantum computers, and those those are still quite some time away uh, into the future. And um, those, so, so those use cases are still pretty far away. Um, the, the, the things we can do near term are the, are the probabilistic thing. And, and that's, that's a different set of applications. Um, you know, things like constrained optimization will be more uh, practical for those. Um, for 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 the early quantum computers, and so I I think the early the, the the earliest use cases are may wind up being a little different from what the the common perception of of what the eventual use cases will be uh, is the, in the popular mind. So that that that's probably something worth um, surfacing. Mm. I don't want to keep you for too much longer, but. Um... Is there like a particular area in quantum computing that you're most excited about right now? So I, I've I've actually been very encouraged the last few years, sorry, last month even, maybe maybe not even more than a month, that there has been quite a bit more discussion. So um, so you probably heard the terms a quantum supremacy. I already talked about that. Uh, there's also been um, quantum advantage, which so, um, and uh, are, are you familiar with those terms? I, I don't want to bore you if you already are, but I'm not. But maybe if you could just kind of sure. briefly define them. 
Yeah, so 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 quantum supremacy is usually used to mean um, a quantum computer can do something that y- you effectively could never do with a classical computer. You know, it'd okay. take till the heat death of the universe or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was what the Google demonstration from two years ago was. Um, you know, that they said it can do it in you know seconds on their quantum computer, and it would take. 10,000 years on a, on a classical computer. So that's one thing the the definition of the usual definition of quantum supremacy doesn't say anything about whether the problem is useful or not. Uh, it's just that it can solve, you know, can be a, a, a pure math problem, but it, it solves it better. Um, there's been also a lot of focus uh, on quantum advantage, which it, you know, most people have defined as a, a performance bit for benefit for a real world problem. Um, but lately, there, there's uh, there's been that, that the conversation has kind of shifted to, um, you know, quantum usefulness, and I, I just find that really practical. I, I think what we're going to find is that um, quantum computers we're going to start using them, and and we're going to get used to them, and and we're going to learn that oh, there's some things they do that we had quite anticipated. Some of those things will be great things. Some of those things will be not so great. But we'll take we'll learn we'll learn to take advantage of the great things, and um, so I I see that uh, as as a as an interesting shift here uh, in, in the last just few months. Uh, I, I find that um, I, I find that pretty exciting um, because it, you know it, it, I, I've I've worked my whole career um, building high end computers that. People buy, they 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 start use, they use all day, every day. They get useful work out of them, and um, having having that era for quantum computers as five or ten or fifteen years in the future is has has just been a mind bender for me. Uh, and um, because because you you don't really have a good feedback loop as a, as a system developer, that people aren't really looking closely at the results and. They aren't, you know, coming back and arguing about with you as, as a system developer. Hey, this isn't quite doing what I need. Um, th- then you're just not really improving at the, at the rate you could. And so, seeing all these people's the, the, the conversation shifting from quantum advantage even to quantum usefulness says, oh, people people are looking at this as as a near term. I'm trying to get advantage from this. I'm sorry, probably shouldn't use that word advantage again, but I'm, I'm trying to get usefulness from uh, quantum computers now. Um, I think that's a great thing because, um, you know, th- this industry has proven that when we look, when we have specific concrete things we're doing and we have you know, tight feedback loops between users and um, and developers, we move pretty fast. We're pretty good at this. And so I, 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 that's a really encouraging development to my way of thinking. Mm. Well, thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk to me today. No, no, no problem. Happy to do it. Uh, appreciate your time. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned next week for another episode of the podcast.